This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Just as a follow-up, in our discussion about the folks in Oshawa will be losing their jobs now, notwithstanding retraining and perhaps placement in an ideal world or situation where General Motors claims they've got area employers who are willing to offer up 5,000 jobs. Uh, I don't know how much uh, that will be realized, but, you know, there's a... I guess an ominous uh, sense in the economy that things are not looking too good going forward in 2019 because the numbers have just come out. And uh, in the paper that you used to publish, the Financial Post, John Turley Yord, uh, they're talking about the numbers of consumers seeking debt relief jump 5.1% in November to 11,320. And uh, for October and November combined, 22,961, almost 23,000 Canadians uh, filed for insolvency or bankruptcy. What does that tell you going forward? These numbers are not good. Well, it helps explain why the Bank of Canada didn't raise rates today. I mean, the the, the rapid uh, increase in rates, I think, have uh, caught some people by surprise. Folks who perhaps had variable rate mortgages, uh, maybe got themselves into a little bit too much debt or unfortunately lost their jobs and didn't have enough to uh, cover their payments while they were uh, finding other work, and it caught up with them. And and uh, there's no doubt that the increase in interest rates uh, has a major impact on the attitude people have have towards the economy. You see more and more of your money going towards uh, mortgage payments, interest payments on uh, your, your line of credit. Uh, you see your disposable income shrink. And uh, as a result of that, your spending goes down. And then <laughs> that ripples through the entire economy. So I think Canadians are feeling, even though we have uh, a very good employment rate right now, uh, we have not had uh, what I'd call real growth in uh, wages over the years. And, uh, you know, we've talked about this on the show an awful lot. We have lost so many good manufacturing jobs. Uh, and we just don't seem to be able to have the right uh, leadership to bring in the kind of jobs that we need to give that that more positive boost to the economy that we really need. You know, I've asked this question in the past, and uh, Catherine, I'll put it to you. I mean, just... Uh, Further to what John was saying, I mean, what are the metrics of a healthy or a robust economy? Is it employment numbers, job creation, the GDP, uh, wages, consumer spending, uh, some of the above, all of the above? Well, it's all of the above in different proportions, of course. Consumer spending is huge. Consumer spending is 60 to 65 percent of the economy. So we've had pretty decent consumer spending, a lot of it driven by the housing market, because usually when people buy a house, they also buy furniture, appliances, you know, and it, and it ripples off into, into the general consumer marketplace. So, and, you know, what John's saying is, is so very true that people have been on the edge for a while now. Um, we, we see record debt levels in Canada among consumers and also among governments. But anyway, that's another topic, I guess. And, and it doesn't take much of an interest rate increase when people have variable rate mortgages and, and credit card balances that are quite high and so on to put them over, you know, to put it over the sure. edge. It's a tipping point. And we're starting to see it. And unfortunately, I don't think it's going to get better in the next little while. But let's not forget either that, and, and the wage issue is interesting because I was just reading some data recently that said, yeah, the job numbers aren't bad, but, you know, wages have been flat. Real wage gains, you know, accounting for inflation have been fairly flat. And part of that, too, is that we're getting the pants taxed off us by governments at all levels. And we're going to get another tax, the carbon tax, in April. And why, you know, it seems pretty obvious, I think, to anybody that can, you know, add one and one. 
that something's got to give. And what's giving here is bankruptcy in part. And of course, we also see a bunch of signs the economy in general is slowing in Canada. These bankruptcy numbers were really bad in Alberta. Again, not a shock, uh, sad, but not well, a Alberta shock. Alberta led the, uh, but they here, led, but it's everywhere. It's not just Alberta; it's everywhere across the country. Well, according so, to some of the analysts, let me tell you, uh, filings in Ontario, yeah, Ontario, are slated to increase by a minimum of two to five percent in 2019, and may jump as much as eight percent if interest rates continue to rise and housing prices fall. Interest rates were frozen today at 1.75 percent, but see, two to five percent increase in the number of bankruptcies. I mean, when we've already had, as I said, in October, November, 23,000. See, the big concern is if the housing prices actually fall, because then people get trapped in a house with negative equity. They can't get out of it. Right. So even when they sell their house, they can't get out of the debt. And uh, that's one situation, hopefully it will not happen because, again, we have growing population. Uh, the demand for housing is high. Hopefully, you know, we'll have uh, stable housing prices and they won't drop more than they already have. Yeah, but, you know, it's interesting because uh, when people are living paycheck to paycheck, it brings to mind your buddy Donald Trump was on the air last night speaking to the nation, Ernie. And, My uh, buddy. You know, the shutdown of the government. Now, people will get paid retroactively, but if they're living paycheck to paycheck and they're going to miss their oh, first tough. paycheck. It's really tough. There's no doubt about it. So how's this going to play out? I mean, he wants this border wall. Well, I think I think Mr. Trump has actually boxed himself into a pretty good corner here with this one. Uh, I don't happen to believe the Democrats in the House are going to give in, and, and why should they? Mr. Trump is going to have to, sooner or later, admit at least partial defeat on this and take the $1.6 or $1.3 billion that was offered for security money and move on. He can't let these people sit out there for months and months or years. He's claims he's prepared to do. Of course, it isn't the first time we've heard the president say things that he doesn't follow through on. So, all right. I, I, I think he's, you know, I think he's bluffing. Quite frankly, is my own personal opinion, but that's not unusual. Well, it's, it's a case of brinksmanship, right? And which side is going to blink first? But it's not just that. It's, it's it's what happens when you simplify things on both sides, the Democrats and Trump, to to you know uh, build a wall and solve all the problems, or uh, it, there's no problem at all. Remember, you you have people who are living again uh, in states like <clears throat> New York. They're nowhere nowhere near the border with Mexico. There's four hundred thousand illegals apprehended every year. Imagine. Imagine if Canada had 400,000 people apprehended at the border and hundreds of thousands of others actually getting in. I mean, this is one of the things that people forget about up in the, in the northern parts of the U.S. and in Canada. If you live down in places like Texas or any of the, the states that border uh, Mexico, uh, the, the, the impact of having so many illegal immigrants is profound on your, your community. You have, you know, for example, if you have... Uh, you want to get a job and you're, you're a minimum wage type of worker, good luck getting one because there's so many illegals working for half of what you would get paid. I mean, the impact is, is is not appreciated. Well, in fact, that's one of the arguments being made in favor of Trump. He's looking after the marginalized. The black and Hispanic community would be the first to feel the brunt. I'm sure the these... black and Hispanic community will be amazed to hear that he's fighting on their behalf. Well, you know, I mean, that w that's an argument. Is it a legitimate one, Catherine Swift? Well, I mean, like his golf course in Maryland hired illegal people and actually provided them with fake documents so they could say they were in the country properly. Is that what you're talking about? You've been watching MSNBC, <laughs> haven't you? I, I knew Ernie would jump into Buzz's seat. <laughs> no, I mean, let's be fair here. I mean, this, unfortunately, currently, it doesn't seem to make any difference whether you tell the truth or not, whether you make up facts and whether you don't. You just throw it out there and hope some of it will stick to satisfy your base, 
and you threaten to do terrible things if they don't succumb to what you want them to do. And, and that was my point. There is a real problem. Uh, but on both sides, no one is looking for a solution here. It's become just a battle and trying to win a media war. And meantime, meanwhile, regular people who have to deal with this, this crisis and the poor folks who are coming up to uh, you know, the border and trying to get in, there's no process, there's no way of managing this in a way that I think is fair to everybody. Catherine, that's question to you, though. I mean, when it comes to unskilled workers coming into the country, be it the U.S. or Canada, is it uh, a threat to uh, domestic labor? Of course it is. Of course it is. It's because uh, it, and it is the lower, naturally, the lower echelon, and the lower paid workers that will be displaced uh, by them. So yeah, it's absolutely a threat. We're even, I mean, granted that you know it's no comparison in Canada, but so, some of the weird things we've had going on at some non-border, no, non-official border crossings in Canada is affecting those communities as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a real problem. And but yeah, I, the, the problem is uh, here. Nobody is trying to actually address what's going on, but they're just making it a totally political issue. And and uh, I, I'm just appalled by. And it's ha- this is happening in Canada as well, big time. It seems if you question anything about immigration to a certain constituency, then you're immediately a racist, you know, and, and that sim- simplistic stupidity is is just part of the problem. So it's counterproductive towards a, a legitimate discussion or conversation about matters. I want to have one of those legitimate conversations about uh, what constitutes a human right exactly, and uh, the sex ed curriculum has been drawn into question, actually been drawn into court by uh, two groups specifically, uh, one a teachers' union and the other Canadian Civil Liberties Association. We'll see if there's any merit to their complaint in a moment. Ernie Eves, John turley Urt, Catherine Swift continue on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.